Welcome to Soulful Conversations with S.A. and her friends, Brittany, Ja, and Bernard. Listen in as they discuss everything from relationships to finances and everything in between. Every Sunday, you can tune in at www.sabentertainment.com. Soulful Conversations with S.A. and Friends. Can we talk? Welcome back, guys, to Soulful Conversations with S.A. I am glad to see you guys. And you know I always come jam-packed with my friends. They always come with me. They always represent. So let's give them a big hearty hello as they reach out to you. What's happening, job? How's everything going, everybody? Back, ready for this soulfulness. Let's do it. What's happening, Bernard? Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Bernard. Yes, it's me. Woohoo! All right. Normally, we have Brittany with us, but she couldn't be with us this week. But that does not stop anything. We miss her. We love her. And we will have her back next week. But I got something special for you this week, guys. I have two guests, two friends, actually. Yes, it's still SA and Friends. So two of my friends have decided to join because with everything going on with coronavirus and whatnot, we have this situation going on with our kids. We're forgetting how this is affecting our kids. In the last two and a half months, we had to go through a new normal, a change. And that change was called remote learning, where our kids were staying at home with their moms and their dads and actually learning from home. On top of that, some parents had to come home from work because they couldn't work at work, so they had to work at home. So I have two guests who are going to come to you from the parent perspective, what I call the new teacher perspective. Then I've got somebody coming to you from the old school teacher perspective. That's someone who was in the classroom this year. This was actually her first year teaching, if I'm not mistaken. And so this has been an interesting first year for her to remember forever, 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 forever. I personally don't want to talk about my experience this year because you guys don't want to hear my experience because I don't want y'all to turn y'all off to the wide world of education. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So first up, I'm going to introduce one of my besties from the SIP. We 20 plus deep. So say hello to Santrice Coleman. Hi, everybody. Glad to be here. Hey, Santrice. Hey. All right. Thank you for joining us today. Also, I have coming to you from Fulton County Schools. Yeah, we represent up in Fulton County. What's up? I mean, I'm not from Georgia, so I don't know how that works. Anyway, one of my best coworkers this year, Rashad Trimble. Hey, Miss Trimble. Hey, everyone. So glad to be a part of it. Thank you for joining us this week. And, you know, my pleasure. Y'all are probably going to hear me calling her Miss Trimble because that's how we address each other at work. Today was the student's last day. So, hey, shot girl. What's happening here? Get, hey, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, I got a quick question. This is I got to ask my two gentlemen because I don't know. I know Bernard has children and grandchildren, and you got some great, great grandsons. I'm just playing Bernard. But, um, John, how do you feel about students having to learn at home? I mean, I think that's, it's interesting because if we're taking school out of it, that's kind of where it begins, where you're sending your kid off to school. Yes, there's a teacher that's teaching them. But at the same time, a lot of that 
what they should know or what they're getting ready to learn, they kind of should have been prepared at home. Whatever history lesson or math lesson that before your kid turned five, you were teaching them. So I kind of look at it that way to where it's like, even though it's backwards now, where the kids are back at home and you're back teaching them, I don't have any kids. I got a nephew. <laughs> so that counts. No, it's fine. <laughs> It does. That um, counts. No, that counts for real, for real. Yeah. Right. But, um, I do look at it as like the, an opportunity for parents now to really either being forced or an opportunity to really teach their kids what they want to teach them, how they want to teach them. It's probably been longer than they wanted to, but, you know, so be it. But yeah, I see it as a, a golden opportunity that probably when all of this started, they didn't see it that way. But now as things have kind of settled in, it's like, yo, all right, I'm going to teach you my way. Ooh, okay. Santrice, you should have some intake on this. So how's it going at at, 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 at your house? <laughs> and I'm laughing yeah. because I already know this, but I can't wait to hear her explain. Yeah. I'll start with my situation. My job sent us home March 11th, and the children came home the following week. I have a 10-year-old in the fourth grade, but I also have two younger kids uh, at the time, a four-year-old and a three-year-old. So I'm coming from the perspective of having a 10-year-old who was already very savvy that the school system, I think in the third grade, gave them laptops. So they've been really conditioned to do their homework on the laptop every night anyway. So his transition, honestly, was extremely easy. He had a routine. He would wake up in the mornings, eat breakfast. He would have his weekly assignments and he would do his daily assignment from say 9.30 until like maybe 1.30 and he'd be done. And honestly, he would come to me with any questions that were, you know, here or there, probably two or three times during the day. His experience, I think, was really easy. Now, I didn't have the, I guess, conundrum of having multiple children of in higher ages with multiple teachers and all that. Thank goodness. <laughs> but it's still kind of hard with the younger children because at the ages of five or four and three, they're in daycare all day. So they're activities all day, all day. And they need praise and attention on every single thing that they do. And because I'm like literally here at the desk all day from eight to five, I can't, it's been very difficult to give them the attention that they need. My husband, his job has been furloughed, so he's been here too, but he is not a patient teacher, (laughs) y'all, at all. And so it's been a struggle to get them the structure and the schedule to, uh, you know, have activities for them every day and kind of keep them encouraged and to keep them kind of abreast and learning uh, during this time. I honestly can't say with those younger two that we've been doing a great job because it's been a struggle. Like I said, my husband, he's here. He's like, as long as they fed and they're like crying, we can go outside all day and they're good. But I'm like, but what about these worksheets? (laughs) What about them practicing writing? So that's a struggle that we've had to, um, and we're continuing to work through and Quite honestly, it's a concern over the summer because the four-year-old turned five in August. He's scheduled to go into kindergarten, and I want to make sure that he's prepared. So um, we're kind of having, when I'm not working during the week, we're kind of starting 
Saturday and Sunday school where my, I'm actually doing the lessons and just giving them the time and attention that they need that I can't give them during the week. All right. So let me ask you this, entries. Do you appreciate your children's teachers now? Yes, especially the little ones. I've always appreciated the fourth grade teacher. And we've always, throughout the entire year, we kind of really have always had a really good, steady, like, email back and forth relationship. And even once they transitioned to home, you know, when there was a problem, even a technical problem that she was still working through, trying to work Zoom and classroom. And she's not IT, right? So we would get on and work together. I appreciated her patience and her working with us through things that didn't save or, you know, just little things that normal people have with their computers who aren't necessarily tech savvy as as tech savvy as these kids are, they forgot to press save and an assignment didn't get turned in. I do appreciate her patience and absolutely, especially with the math, I appreciate her the most in math. (laughs) And that's interesting because my (laughs) guest, my teacher guest is a math teacher. So how did you start having to teach math on a computer? So It was really interesting. The kids were very patient. They made a lot of jokes because actually when we would go in our live teaching sessions, they would see me or my co-teacher. They would also be able to see my PowerPoint at times. And we would actually have to write out things on the computer screen using the little marker setting. And it wasn't always legible, but they followed. They were really patient and they followed. As I said, as we were talking before, there were sometimes children who posed problems with speaking out of turn, unmuting their mics and things like that. But altogether, the group I had really did well in the remote learning setting. I don't know if they had mom or dad hovering over them, making sure they were doing what they needed to do or telling them, don't do this, don't do that. But for the most part, those that did their work in the classroom did it remotely, also at home. But like I said, there were one or two that would pose problems in the classroom that did the same in remote learning. But one of the things I was really proud of is I do have SEC students as well. And I'm sorry, I had what's SEC students? Explain that to mine. So I do have some special education students that are in the general ed setting as well. And in the classroom, they don't know who is the SEC teacher and who is the general education teacher. We don't single them out. So everybody's just a student in the classroom and we're both just teachers. So the participation I got from those students was just off the charts. In the classroom, sometimes they wouldn't say anything or ask a question. In this remote setting, I guess they felt more comfortable or were not possibly ashamed of getting an answer wrong. And, oh, they communicated through chat, wanted to direct me in solving the problems. So I was really proud of that. And it just kind of gave me an idea of how I would like to set up groups in my classroom if we ever get back in the classroom. So it was just wonderful to see them participating there. But I did have one experience that it probably should not have tickled me, but it really did. And I had a mom call me and say that her son would not do his work. She couldn't get him to do it. And it wasn't her job to make him do it. And I remember calling this mom right after Christmas break and saying, mom, you know, he's just being very disruptive. Can, and I don't like to call parents. I said, can you just speak with him concerning his behavior? And she told me that wasn't her job. He was at school. It was my job to make him behave. And if it was my job 
if he's not following my direction, he's going to end up in a discipline office and possibly be at home for a few days, mom. But I was just thinking, boy, that karma bus came around so fast. Mama's having to make him do this work. And here she is telling me she can't make him do any work. <laughs> so I was, I shouldn't have been tickled and excited about that, but I was very happy. I was like, yeah. That not karma the, bus came around fast. Not the karma bus, boy. That's not the tables. Now, them tables always turning. <laughs> they always turn. And I wanted to say so bad, Mom, do you remember when I called you? <laughs> but I didn't. I just said, okay, let me speak with him concerning his assignment and what he thinks about summer school and so forth. So we were able to get him on board. Then he completed the assignment. So summer school is not an issue for him, but that was just an eye opener to some parents, what a teacher's day is like. Cause I really think for some, we're taken for granted. They think, oh, you got it made. You know, you're off by three or four, you're off on the weekend, you get these summer and spring break, but it really doesn't stop. Little do you know, behind the scenes, right now we're planning for the fall. So the students are finished, but we're not done. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The last couple of weeks, they had us working on what y'all doing next year. (laughs) Right, right. So I think this is an eye-opener for everyone um, as to responsibilities. Yeah, I think some of my parents came out of it, um, some scarred, but they do or did come out of it with a greater appreciation for what teachers do. Yes. The students who did the remote learning were the students who did assignments when we were in school. And the kids who didn't do assignments when we were in school, they didn't do anything remotely. And I think that's just the way it's going to be. I concur. So, Bernard, how did it work out for you? I think your kids are older, but you have grandkids. How did that work out for you? (laughs) Well, I didn't have work during this pandemic dealing with uh, kids doing homework. But prior to the pandemic, my son, who now is in college, went through the uh, K-12 program where you teach at home so he got to the uh eighth grade which he went to high school and then so trying to teach the child at home and had that balance of child and kids being kids and then trying to teach them and also then doing your thing at the same time i mean it was a struggle but uh his mother and i we got through it and then when he got like I said we, when he finished the seventh grade he went on we put him on into uh a private school, and um, he went on from there and fell from there, and he's still doing it. But during the pandemic, I tip my hat out to the teachers because a lot of parents are now finding out exactly what you're doing at the schoolhouse. So, but like I said, I didn't have to deal with it during the pandemic. Okay, okay. So let me ask all of you, just pop your mic open and answer. Do you think remote learning helps or hinders a student's education. Does it help or does it hinder? Mm, I would say it helps. I wouldn't say it, it hinders the teaching from remotely. From my experience, it helps. Okay. Maybe depending on the subject, because how we were talking about math. Like if I was in school now going through all of this, even if I was in college going through all of this, I hate math. Sorry. Can't stand it. I'm more of a history and English type of person. <laughs> But uh, (laughs) for me with math, I would have to be there. I need to be in the classroom. I need to see it being worked out. And then that's how it works for me. 
So math would have been tough for me. So I think it depends on the subject. I would say depending on the subject with the kids or anybody, even a college student. Okay. To me, I think it gives a child a lot of responsibility, which they do need throughout life, whether it's at an early age or going through middle school, high school. They need that ability to be able to be responsible for their workload, submitting assignments. But for elementary age children, I just think it's a bit of a challenge. And also it takes away from social time. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though they may be sitting there with their class on a Zoom, it's not the same with sharing a box of crayons or glue sticks with your classmates sitting at the table. And as a kindergartner, first grader, they need that to be able to function, just function in the world. They need that social time. So it just depends on the age group for remote learning I, benefits. I agree it depends on the age group, but where we are today, the age group is not going to matter. Right. You know, these sharing these crayons, that's over. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just a news junkie. I watch from CNN mm-hmm. to MSNBC. Mm-hmm. I can watch news all day long, just looking at what's happening in other states and countries. I think remote learning is what we'll probably be faced with in the fall. Mm-hmm. Centuries, how do you feel about that, mommy? That scares me to death. <laughs> At least for the, the smaller ones, because if that is the new norm for my kindergartner and my three-year-old, one of us might have to stop working like literally for real in order for that educational piece to really be put in place, standardized, and like for it to become like a real, for them to have a real routine and actual activity. I mean, at that age, you have to have something going on all the time. I can't etch out an hour here and an hour there and expect for a full day of learning to occur for such a young mind that needs, that's a sponge at at all times. So I guess I need to get my mind right. (laughs) If that really is going to be the case, I think for my older son, he's a little more mature and, and, you know, is used to it and has had this as a practice time to know what to expect if that does become his next couple of years in school. But yeah, it scares me from the younger ones. It's going to be a lot more work for for us. Right. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. I hope I can have you back as we get closer to the fall when it becomes... What should I call it? I shouldn't call it a reality, but where it becomes law that we have remote learning. Because right now at this very moment, I would like to take bets. I'm taking $10 to your dime that my vote is that we are remote learning next year because these CDC guidelines, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. So my bet is remote learning. Centuries, what do you think we'll be doing next fall? Now, what do you want? What do you think? I think we'll be at the house. You think you're going to be at the house? Hey, Carson. <laughs> I can't stay away. Hey, Carl. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> all. Hey, hi. Hi. <laughs> Bernard, what do you think? At the house, at the school, blend. I have to tend to agree with you. I think it's going to be remotely too. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be at home. I think it's going to be remote, but I also think it's going to be something to where it's like a kind of like what some people are doing now with work, where it's like three days in the office or two days in the office, three days at home. I think it's going to be something like that because 
I got my degree from Springfield College and we kind of did the same thing where it was every other weekend where you go in the classroom one weekend, the next weekend you're not. So I think it may be something like that with the. So you think in a blended situation? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Rashad, what do you think? You know, blended sounds really good to me, but I think we will be at home. It'll be completely remote only because I think the blended is going to pose a real challenge for parents' schedules. Mm -hmm. So I think whether know either my child is going to be at the house or they'll be in the classroom. So I think we're going to give more towards remote. Just my opinion. Okay. So nobody wants to take my $10. Not a problem. Uh, I'll definitely keep it. But I want to thank you guys tonight. Job, Bernard, as always, I appreciate you. We will be getting our talk on. <laughs> this was fun. I'm glad you think so. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Tiffany. Yes, thank you. Hi. Thank you. I love my Tiffany. I just left. Thank you. So, and I want to thank you, Richard, for coming on morning. Like I said, thank I you for having me. You're welcome. I'm hoping I can have you guys back closer to the fall when it becomes law, what we're doing to get your well, Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, again, thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to Soulful Conversations with SA and friends. Let's tune out, guys. Tell them bye-bye for me. Bye-bye. Everybody have a good day. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today as we kept the conversation going. Nothing like a soulful conversation to get your week started. Tune in every week with S.A. and her friends, Brittany, Ja, and Bernard. Can we talk?